0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. We're joined by an Arsenal, a Chelsea, an England legend. Not often you get the trifecta. It is Ashley Cole. Ashley, first and foremost, welcome to Dubai. Welcome to Jumeirah Beach Hotel. Not a bad spot for this time of year. Not a bad
1: spot, not a bad spot. You know, you leave London and get away from the, the cold weather and the wind, and then you come here.
0: In terms of
2: football escapes and what brought you out here, Ashley, how much have you enjoyed working with the kids this week? And... Getting involved, I know you're working with Chelsea under-15s, but has this been a great opportunity for you?
1: Yeah, I love it. You know, working with the 15s and here, the, the kids are a little bit, bit younger. Uh, some my son's age, so you know I've had to learn with patience. i having, having my little boy and their understanding of, of listening. Uh, but no, it's, it's been brilliant. It's for me, these kind of things is about kids. You know, coming out here, great destination, beautiful people, uh, very polite and the kids come to, to enjoy, I think that's the main thing. Yes, I can give some knowledge, but don't think they'll remember that when they're in. <laughs> are they a bit starstruck? Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, I think the new generation is very confident yeah. and they yeah, yeah, stop it's true. stop But no, it's, you know, it's brilliant to see them you know, have fun and ask me questions and, and want to learn. Uh, but again, it's hopefully the input I give them will stick in their head.
0: It might have been missed by one or two, actually. Under-15's coach, at Chelsea, are you enjoying that? Obviously you're over here, you're enjoying the sun, you're enjoying the, the, the wee ones, but in terms of the professional game and the under-15s, are you getting a lot out of that?
1: Yes, um, you know, listen, as a player, I never thought I was going to go into coaching and, and understand how in-depth you have to go to be a coach and the hard work, the preparation uh, to be a coach is, or even a top manager. So, you know, you tip your hat off to people like Guardiola and, and Mourinho's. Uh, because it's not easy, and I, and I found that you know, going from a player into a coach, where I say to my teammate, "Left shoulder," he understands. <laughs> now, I'll explain that to a young kid who left shoulder, he'd be looking over there, and so he's going into more detail uh, and different, finding different ways of them to understand. That kids understand in different ways. Whether yeah. I show them, whether I have to literally put them in a position, uh, show them on a tactics board, so. At times it's hard, you know, and frustrating. But no, I, I love it. It's, it's good to see, you know, a few tips you give the kids, and you see them improve or do it on on ma- match days. So no, I'm, I'm loving it, enjoying it.
2: And looking at what your old Chelsea teammates have gone on to do—Frank at Chelsea, John with Aston Villa—you look at Steven Gerrard, a former England colleague of yours, up yeah. at Rangers. Does that does that change your attitude to coaching at all, or is it very much they're doing their thing, I'm, I'm going to do mine?
1: No, again, I think it's. It showed me there is a pathway. Uh, and again, you know, I've been around him, of course, Frank at Derby and, and see how intense, you know, he he's, he works, you know, the understanding of the game going from a player. And then after six months, you know, he's got a big job uh, at Derby County. So you must understand the game, you know, and, and I've seen that in terms of his tactics, the way he does, you know, team meetings, uh, I think is very important so he transitioned very quick and he transitioned very well and the same with Stevie I was with him at LA and never thought he'd be a manager to be honest really? you know and then I remember the the PFA guy being out there he was you know going for his badges with me and I'm like what are you doing he's like oh, he's going for my badges I'm like you're going to be a coach you want to be a manager he's like yeah I'm like didn't see that in him you know he's a kind of reserved guy and then when you see him you know at work he's like wow that love the game and you can you can just tell the difference and of course JT at, at Villa with the same he's, he's not a manager but you know we speak on the phone a lot and I'm saying oh, what defensive you know sessions you doing today you know I can use in my 15s at times and you know we talk about it so the passion is there you know I think that generation we had passion we loved the game and you're starting to see that now in, in terms of how passionate they are for their clubs they're working for.
0: I want to take you back Ash if we can and let's stick on the coaching theme Arsene Wenger the magic of that man, we were just talking, Robbie and I, off air before this interview about perhaps it's only now that is he truly being recognised, not recognised, he's always been a top coach, but getting the love universally from one or two Arsenal fans who, let's be frank, hounded him out mm. of that football club. What was so special about Arson?
1: Yeah, I, I get asked this question, you know, who is the best manager or, or coach and, you know, being an aspiring coach, you know, how I deal with kids or try to get the best out of them on on day-to-day basis I think that's what Wenger was he wasn't you know putting me in body positions like I said I do he was just right I trust you you know you you've got big leaders and players around you and he kind of let you play so you know people say he's not a good coach well he is that was his way of getting the best out of you letting you go and play you making your own mistakes and learning from that mistake, so it's a different way of coaching where Jose might have been a little bit more hands on this is how we 're going to stop a player put you in a body shape so you know you understand it more and if you don 't do it bye bye you're on the bench you know it's yeah. one of them where Vengers, you you learn you let the let the game be the player that 's what they, they say so you play you make a mistake he won 't tell you you just won 't do it again because you 've learned from that mistake so there's different ways and techniques of coaching so man managing he was great uh, so yeah I think the Arsenal fans are seeing how he kept a lot of the young players going because he wasn't a manager who slated the young players yeah. and now their head is down and you know lose their confidence he was more of a confidence manager so there's a big difference and that's what I think they missed when Wenger yeah. left
2: yeah I think some of the Arsenal fans towards the end of his reign were, were, were kind of getting frustrated with his refusal to change his his principles that he was so wedded yeah. to and mm-hmm. Mikel Savest told us that often Arsene would focus so much on Arsenal that he wouldn't really pay too much attention to setting up the team to deal with the opposition at hand. I'd Whereas never done tactics, Jose was really. all about that. You yeah. never did tactics ever?
1: Not not really. He might throw the, you know, the odd 11 down as cones <laughs> and say, well like this guy might like come into this pocket of space or something like that. And we're like, okay, and then we do 11v11 11 11 just to get a normal game and then we're doing 5 0s and that, but he was again, he was he he trusted the people he had around him, you know, so tactically and he's like, hey, listen, when you've got Vieira, Rees, Sol Campbell's, Perez's, you don't really need to concentrate on, you don't need a plan B because that's your plan A and plan A most of the time works. So I, I understood why Arsenal fans got frustrated at the time because if plan A didn't work, they didn't really have that tactical plan B uh, where maybe Arteta was structurally made them better now and made them a little bit more defensive. Did you ever get
0: frustrated with that as players? Because you guys, you're saying there, Ash, that Arson allowed you to make your own mistakes, learn from them. But also as players, you see things. Was there ever a time when you say, Arson, got to work on a bit of shape here because we keep coming up against United. Yeah. Fergie would play 4-5-1 and he'd look to hit you on the counter-attack. And there were one or two times that you're making the same mistakes that were made yeah. game after game. Yeah, no,
1: no, I, t- I totally understand and know where you're, you're coming from. But again, it was, I think... The transition from, you know, when I was playing at Arsenal and then you look at them now, or even maybe two, three years ago, we had, you know, leaders, men that could sort stuff out. You know, we figured it out on a pitch, but as a group, where I think the Arsenal teams of, of, you know, now probably couldn't figure it out, you know, as a a group. So it was maybe a little bit more tension in the dressing room. I don't know, you know, but we had, you know, if we didn't, feel something was going right, we would organise it ourselves. And Wenger was probably happy with that. You know, he's not a kind of confrontational manager, you know, he didn't really like the arguing, but we as players took it on upon ourselves at times to sort it out. So for me, that's the difference.
2: Yeah, there's been a lot of legendary teams in the Premier League era, but the two that seem to get referenced the most, I was just talking about this with Chris yesterday, were the treble winners of United and Arsenal's Invincibles. During that season, Was there a point where it became more important to go unbeaten than actually to win the league itself? Because that has been immortalised to the point now where we're all looking at Liverpool wondering if they're going to do it or not. It's become one of those mythical things in Premier League football. Were you aware of how significant that was at the time?
1: Not really. You know, we want to win the league. If we lose, you know, it's not going to happen, but if you lose 30 games and you won eight and you win the league, it's fine. You know, it's about winning. Uh, but yeah, we were doing it in style at times, you know, game by game when we're getting around uh, probably 30 mark, we're like, people talk nice. about <laughs> it. It would be nice, but our main aim and focus is to, is to win the league, you know, anything else is a bonus. Uh, but I remember like, there was a few games where we're like one down and it does come in the back of your mind. I yeah. You'd say okay, it to the
0: player, would you communicate? No,
1: just me, me personally, Like I wouldn't say boys, we want to go invincible, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 it was more in my head, like, just don't lose the game, you know, we, we can keep that up, just don't lose the game and then we'll nick it and we did celebrate like his win, so maybe in the back of people's minds it was there. It was, was there a game,
0: Ash, was there a game where you just came off and in that dressing room you thought... We're going to do this now. I remember speaking to Dwight York about the treble, and he said, funnily enough, it was defeat. It was actually a defeat to Sheffield Wednesday, I think it was United that season. Yeah, you didn't beat. have a defeat. So, <laughs> was there a draw? Was there a was there a late goal? Was there a win where you went? We're going to do this, boys.
1: I think I, again, I don't know how far down the season it was, but maybe Liverpool away. I think we might have won two 0 or two one, uh, and it was a massive game. You know, we they was fighting for. The championship as well you know for the league uh i think we beat them 2-0 maybe or 2-1 and after the game we're like Phew. and we played so well you know they had chances at times but we felt that buzz and we felt this was our time we we are going to win the league because it, it was a big game and they was a you know tough team at anfield yeah. to, this is a way as well so it was a great result for us. I remember coming off thinking, "Yeah, we're going to win the league now."
2: Speaking of Liverpool, I mean, I know you probably habitually <laughs> root against them. That's not a question, but are you rooting against them even no, more no, now? No, no, no.
1: Listen, I've honestly. You know, come on. No, I don't. I really don't care. You know, I really don't care. We won. We've done it first. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, the but, but no, is you know they've done it with again style. That what I try to teach these kids is you know togetherness, uh, willingness because they. All of them are willing to run for a teammate, you know, it not matter who loses the ball, you know, I'll get after it because you're my teammate. They've got that togetherness and that understanding what the manager's come in and put his philosophy down that we're going to be a team that our work effort is number one. Uh, and they show that week in, week out, you know, probably games where they shouldn't win, but they don't stop. They, don't, they have that mentality, we're not going to stop. And they have that little bit of arrogance about them as well and is needed. Uh, and no, they've done fantastic. I, I would like them to, to do it, to be honest, because it just show, it's very, very tough to do that. And I think, I would assume they've had more wins. Than yeah,
0: the 25 in one draw. I think you were 26 and 12. Yeah,
1: so no, they've, they've been unbelievable. And, and to watch them again. Put out under-15s and let them watch and see what it takes to be a professional footballer and that is it.
0: You look at the culture that Jurgen Klopp, the philosophy, yeah. the methodology, call it what you will, that he's implemented at Anfield. We were talking about this. You in many respects, Ashley. You played for Arsenal, aesthetically pleasing, all about the style, and of course, you backed it up with substance. You then moved to a dressing room at Chelsea that from the outside, it's polar opposites. A club that seemed to thrive always when they were in a state of flux. Yeah, yeah. Give us your appraisal, because it's not many. In fact, William Gallus is probably the only one I can think of that could give us an answer on this. The difference in cultures. That first day you walked into Cobham, what made you go, "Wow, well, this is different"?
1: Yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we talk about you know the mentality and, and winning mentality. But I had that Arsenal is you know when the kind of leaders left, the, the bigger guys left, and it was left as I mentioned before, Wenger kind of left it to us. Uh, and now that new generation is coming through. It was, a, it was for me, it was a problem. That's why I left. It was my problem. I, I didn't agree with it. So, uh, and then I went to Chelsea and, and saw that mentality, that willingness to put their head through walls for people, for teammates. And it was like I went back to Arsenal with the Souls, with the Vieiras, you know, with the Jans Lehmans who. Get his teammate up against, you know, up against the wall. Really, that intense? Yeah, but it was that, that willingness to, to win and, and you know that demand of each other was was there. And then it kind of went, you know. And Wenger wasn't the one again, as I mentioned, to to pull people up on it. And then I went back to Chelsea and I felt that mentality and that togetherness again. So that, that was you know a big reason why I left.
2: And to, looking at the personalities in that Chelsea team, right. John Terry, of course, yourself, Didier Drogba, mm-hmm. Michael Ballack, massive personalities. Was that the reason they were able to just adapt to all these changes in management, Because I think it was almost every season, or <laughs> give or take? Yeah, it was, it was it, something like 12 different managers in 13 seasons. Without the strength of personality I, I'm, I'm sure that wouldn't they wouldn't have been able to have that kind of success no, because, that they had.: you
1: know, For me, I think the difference is when you have top players, they have that top mentality. you know they always want to stay at the top. Uh, and again, we had so many managers as you mentioned, but the drive to be top again but was always there with the players so and we drove each other you know someone weren't training well because I don't know they were good friends with the manager no you know they they got kicked in their backside and said now come on that's gone now you know we have to be together to win and, and that was the mentality you know to go through 12 managers and win as much as we did it was again great managers that period but it was again down to a lot of players' management skills, I think.
0: I said it at the start, Ash, 107 caps, I think it is. You're sixth on the all-time list for England. Yeah. And I said it. You are an Arsenal legend. You're a Chelsea legend. No, I, like, I think, we'll, well, maybe put it up to the fans who are watching this, but you are. You've won trophies for both clubs. When you look back, where felt home for you? Out of the, the, the kind of two, the ones that you spent the majority of time, when you look back on it now, where is the one that you went, yeah, for the entirety of my time there, I felt at home?
1: uh i have to say chelsea but you know i'm not taking away from Arsenal. arsenal was you know my family you know i've supported them my whole life uh lived a dream there but it all goes back down to you know i felt like my family was starting to leave and that was that's how i felt it was simple so then when i went to chelsea you know i had a lot of players who i played with England with players I played against but I knew them uh, and straight away I bonded with all of them uh, and just felt like a family and you know that's why I always talk about Chelsea because whether it's staff or you know, people around the cafeteria you know they made me feel welcome and, and that's never changed whether I'm yeah I'm a player uh, and then I leave and go to two other teams and I go back to Chelsea as a coach I still feel like part um, yeah. you know I'm, I'm still that family
2: we spoke with John about how he dwelt on the two thousand and eight Champions League final, the penalty miss, and he said that he still thinks about Weeps it to up, this yeah. day. What was the hardest game for you, Ashley, to get over? To kind of go, that one really stung. That I took think, me a I while. I think
1: that one as well. Was it? You know, more than more than Arsenal Barca. Uh yeah. Reason why? It was probably closer, uh, more recent. Yeah.
2: And it was against United, I guess.
1: It's just the way it was, you know, again, for me, we were playing Barca, we were playing against one of the you know, the best teams in the world at the time. Uh, and I just felt, you know, you're one penalty away. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we, we lost an extra time, not in extra time, but in injury time. But, you know, Barca is Barca, you know. Uh, we should have won that game, so it did hurt me, and I was, you know, Deflated because I felt that could have been my first Champions League. But knowing you're, and I'm standing right behind JT taking a penalty, uh-huh. one penalty to win it. Did you think he was going to score? Yeah. Well, when I see Van der going the other way, I'm like, ah. Oh. And then I've seen him slip, hit the post, and I feel sorry for him as well. You know, again, what, honestly, it's at that haunt point,
0: him. Ash, when he misses, is there a feeling of? Because you're still in it. Let's, yeah, let's not forget course. you're into sudden yeah. death. But is there a feeling that's our chance gone?
1: Yeah. There, there is because, you know, like I said, um, if you don't slip, he's going bottom corner yeah. or he's going side netting. So that just little slip, that extra bit is put it wide and you see the goalie going the other way. He's like, you don't mind if the goalie saves it, it's a good save, but he's going the wrong way, you know, so now he's got half a, half a net open. So, and it was hard to take, you know, because he slipped and against Man U, we used to hate playing against Man United. I think that, again, it was two English clubs, so that's Mm. why it hurt a little bit more as well. Uh, But yeah, no, it's difficult, and I I still think of it. Still think of it.
2: One of your opponents in that match, Cristiano Ronaldo, often cites you as the hardest opponent he's ever faced. He's said that numerous times, I think as recently as 2017 he said that. What was your secret against him? And have you ever
1: sold those (laughs) secrets to anyone? No, you know, there's... (laughs) Again, I've been lucky to have probably teammates around me that I communicate well with. Because it's not—it's not as if we're just in, you know, one zone out wide and we're having a battle one v one. it's not that easy. Because if if it was, he would rip me. To be honest, you know, I've been lucky to have players around me that that help me at times. But no, it's just I think I had a different mentality switch and a lot of ribbing after he made me do the splits. He done a step over, made me do the yeah, splits, and I. would no messages and, and phone calls. I said to myself, "This is not going to happen again." You'd and so pull, I
0: just you'd message him?
1: No, no, no. From other other people. Fair. Uh, you know, I had teammates at Man United, and then when I see them <laughs> in the England squad, they're like, "I'm like, yeah, but he done nothing in the game. He just give me a step over, yeah. you know, and come back to haunt me for for years." But. Uh, yeah after that my mentality was just like whenever I play them that's not gonna happen again Because he so. says he
2: doesn't let you breathe he said to about you mm. Ashley doesn't let me breathe is was that the way you approached defending defending attackers? yeah
1: you don't want him you know his strength is going at you one-on-one he can go inside he can go outside uh, he's doing step over so there's a lot of factors to it but yeah I just felt speed wise is he faster than me mate? He probably is, but if I get tight and you know give him a little kick, then I turn. Yeah. I think my first five five yards I was quick enough to keep up with him. So yeah, you know get tight to him, make his first touch, maybe go back and, and be aggressive with him. And that's why I just you know every game I mentally you know I thought I had him in that kind of in that area. You know, psychology psychology bit of it. I think I was mentally stronger than him. But no, he's a fantastic player. And, I'm not saying I've done him every game, you know. He's going to have moments, but he's a world-class player. So, I'm trying to just basically limit them. To yeah. Be
0: and over the piece, and I'm not just saying this because you're sat in front of me. You probably did over the piece, get the better of Ronnie more than he got the better of you. You'll always be intrinsically linked with him as well. 2006, and I hate to go back there because I'm sure painful memories. The winking gate, call it what you will, with Wayne Rooney. Were you aware during the game what had happened, and give us the kind of aftermath. In that dressing room at full time, because I'm sure Waza said, "Hey, this is what happened."
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if if Rooney said it. I, I mean, see it, sorry, maybe he did because heard him maybe go to run and say, "Why are you doing that?" But no, I didn't see him wink. Uh, it would it was, have been a it, meme if it had happened this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> After about three seconds. Exactly. But no, he wasn't my teammate. But I did feel it was a little bit out of order. If, no, but it's a game plan, you know. It's football. Everyone thinks it's, you know friendly game is not. Players want to win. Whether, you know, it's not as if he, he faked the injury. Yeah. Uh, but winking to a teammate. Yeah, is, you know, it was a little bit wrong but that's something for them to to sort out. And I think they did, you know, Ronnie admitted probably is wrong. Uh, there's a game plan to take our for me our best player out of the game and And it worked. It worked. And we lose the game probably because of it. So.
2: When you look at this current England team Ash, and, and there's a lot of optimism about it for, for the first time in a long time around England and what Gareth Southgate's been doing. You guys of course were such an incredible group of players. You went so close yeah. 2004, 2006 yeah. and of course 2002 with chances against Brazil in that, in that quarter final. Do you, do you analyse or do you think back as to why England didn't win a trophy during your time playing 107 caps for England?
1: Uh... Listen, or is it just I just football? Think, no, I think. Listen, we were playing against Ronaldinho. Yeah. I, for me, you don't have a Ronaldinho playing in this era. For me, you don't have a Ronaldo. Yeah. You know that Brazil team it was stacked of Cafus, Rivaldos. Uh, the Dutch team, again, stacked with world-class players. And I, I just think football is not is not the same. So, I think we, if we're honest, yeah, we had chances against Brazil, but. Was we better than them? I don't think so. And I think that's where we fell short a bit. I think where maybe we didn't have the cutting edge like the Brazils, the Argentinas at the time. Uh, yeah, we beat them, but you look at their their players, they were unbelievable. And did we work as a group? No, I think there's both sides. We could have worked a little bit more as a group uh, and kept the ball more, I think, is, is important in, in tournaments, you know, to slow the game down at times, but I think just the opposition we were playing against, I think it was just more superior than what it is now.
0: I'm going to get your thoughts Ashley, recent events, uh, and I'm thinking of Celebrity World, public figures, come in for so much scrutiny now, Robbie and I on our show we talk about social media an awful lot and the, 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 the beauty of it in some ways and also the pitfalls of it in other ways, being a public figure, playing professional football for Arsenal, for Chelsea, for England, did it take its toll at times?
1: No, I think I was different. I, f- I think I'm lucky I didn't have that kind of, probably Facebook, I didn't have that either. Uh, and then I went on Twitter, but late. Yeah. And then Instagram, late. Uh, and people are built different, you know? I can sit here and say, I ignore it, I have thick skin. I do, but some people don't, you know? Yeah. Someone taunts me on Twitter, them back sometimes, and then I'm like, oh, I can't be arsed, you know? And I've sat in stadiums and had a full crowd shouting, you know, nasty things, but it's just, people deal with it different, you know, and... Did you have to work on that, phasing it out?
2: Or did you, was that just something you were always, that was part I of just, your personality?
1: Yeah, I think it was just part of my personality. I just had a way of, of showing it, right, I'll shut people up by playing football. That was how I was, but you know, again, people are built different now, uh, the world is different, yeah. people maybe might be a little bit more sensitive to stuff, Uh, so yeah there's a lot of factors going into it but I just say if people are getting trolled then get off the social media sites you know either get help speak to someone because that's the thing it's all good coming off it but maybe people want there for a reason they they don't engage with people outside of social media and that's their way of you know I remember
0: speaking to Austin Healy, the England rugby player and he was very candid with us. He he said that he had two personalities, there was the Austin Healy that you saw on a rugby field and there was the Austin Healy you saw off of the pitch Mm. and they are always stuck with me because, and and we asked him, didn't we Rob, we said that that seems awfully taxing mentally to have these two Austin Healy's that you're putting out there. When I think of you Ash on the football field Mm. I think of you uncompromising, never shirk a challenge there, a proper kind of footballer, you'd stand up and be counted when it was required. Was that you? Did you have kind of two Ashleys, the Ashley off the field and the Ashley on the field?
1: Yeah, I was quiet, you know, I always see it as when I'm playing, you know, whether it's someone on the bench trying to take take my spot or someone around the world who's playing, they want my spot, so I have to, you know, do the best I can, week in, week out, whether it's training day in, day out. Basically I'm fighting for a living, you know, this is my job, yeah, I love it, but I always want to be the best, and someone else wants to always be the best. So I was aggressive. I was, you know, hated to lose. But off the field, no, I was quiet, calm, you know. not <laughs> want to start a fight on the pitch. <laughs> or we want to start a fight. It's just how I. It's just how I was, and I think you need that different personalities. I think Cause you can't have, you can't be the pest on the pitch and then, you know, pest off it. I don't think you come across as a nice person. No. Where I've, you know often people think I'm a bad person. I'm quiet, I keep myself to myself.
2: The way the media's gone Ash and, and I guess the need for clicks and to sensationalise everything and, and you know there's so much competition now that it's 24-7, it's Twitter, it's social media. Players are, are attacked on a daily basis by the media. Do you feel like you were ever misrepresented by the media? Did you just ignore them? What was your kind of policy
1: towards them? No, it's for sure I was, I was attacked but you know I, I spoke about it before and said like you, I say, I did just, you ever
0: seek out a journal? Did you say, hey, that's unfair?
1: No. I, again, I didn't like confrontation off the field. Like, probably took it as why me at times, but I just got on with it, you know. Tried to just get on with it and do my job on the, on the, on the field.
0: Last few from us, because I know we've taken up far too much of your time already. I want to get your thoughts on AFTV. Continuing this kind of discussion into modern world and social media, etc. There's some that say that that is a a, a kind of platform that really is fueled by negativity. They get clicks when, dare I say, Arsenal are not playing well. There's others that say, hold on a second, what gives you guys the right, just because you're sitting on a couch, to pass judgment on a club that we spend our living wage traveling a length and breadth, not only of the country, across Europe? But as a player, I mean, where, where do you kind of sit on it all? Is it, is it something that you just have to embrace?
1: Uh, no, I think at the start, when I you know, see Bit it, everyone used to like, laugh about it, didn't they? Because they just they were funny. But is that real fans? And, and people say, yeah, I spend money to come out and say what I want. But you don't need to, for me, is it's my opinion, you don't need to go on YouTube. TV or YouTube and, and abuse players. That, that's how I feel. Don't think players go on a pitch and don't want to do 100%. It's stupid. But you had people on there saying, hey, he's rubbish, he's this, he's that. Everyone's got a right. But it don't mean you need to go on TV and, and have your right. We've got a right. But we're not allowed to say nothing. You know, at times we can't hammer certain aspects or or people back because we're in the spotlight and we're famous and and all this where, you know, because you pay, you're allowed to say what you want. I don't agree with it, personally. Did
0: that rankle? Because I I say it on my show all the time, and I've been in stadiums, the vitriol that is given to you guys, and, and Robbie can attest to this, you go out to take a corner, some of the stuff that you hear, some of the stuff that you see, there's no other word for it, it's deplorable. Now, people can sit and watch this and say, give it a break, it's our right to go to a football stadium, more power to you. Yeah. The, the control that footballers have, and I mean this sincerely, it staggers me at times. Because the things that have been, were you ever, were there any times where you, you're a grown man, mate? You're oh, a grown course. man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Every game. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Every game. No, Yeah it's the control yeah. and do you feel like you're
0: wearing
2: a mask in that scenario like I am so in the zone now that nothing's going to bother me nothing's going to penetrate this little shield that I've got around me don't get
1: me wrong some you you hear you know I was on the left back position so I'm always on the wing and close to the action and the fans sometimes I laugh sometimes I'll banter them back but I'm just like you're a grown man and the anger they have in their faces sometimes I'm just like grow up but it is what it is isn't it I can't you know I can't stop that I'm here to you know you want to be there to entertain and play football and yeah it's the aggression you see people have but none of my business is it you know it's nothing I can last one for me Ash
2: seven FA Cup three Premier League titles Europa League Champions League (laughs) uh, League Cup you've won it all basically give us a moment that you look back on now that it's all said and done and and think to yourself that was that was the happiest that was the most euphoric I've ever been on a football pitch
1: after a victory because I see two yeah. Go for it, yeah. Obviously winning my first Premier League, uh in you know, Arsenal, I was a fan and dreamed of, you know, winning the league and then getting the chance to do it at my Boyle Club and then winning the Champions League with so many iconic players that's won it and you know, with the music, uh, doing it at Chelsea, you know, after people saying I wasn't going there for, for trophies, now I won that. So I'll say the Premier League at Arsenal and the Champions League at Chelsea. Fair? Last,
0: no, that's, that's fair. fair. <laughs> Absolutely, that's fair. Last one for me. let's take it all the way back. Coaching for Chelsea under-15s. Over here doing wonderful work for Football Escapes at Jumeirah Beach Hotel. In terms of your future, Ash, you're enjoying it, I can see you're enjoying it. Can we expect hmm. to see you in a dugout for a senior team in the
1: not-too-distant future? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. A uh, lot of work to do. Had any approaches thus far? No. Nah. No. Nah
0: is that and Robbie Fowler again name dropping another one he's been in and he's been candid with us to say perhaps what he did in his career some of the things he regrets we can think of a certain celebration against Everton says that he's beaten over the head with that time and time again is that something where you've thought about that you've maybe had to say oh, I'm maybe going to have to sell myself a
1: little bit more here because maybe I have mm. been misunderstood mm. because no I don't think so you know I've, I'll have i be the same obviously i would be different in terms of Got a coach's head on now, but no, I think if clubs have that view, then they're going to lose out on a lot of players because again, a lot of things was uh, made bigger than what they were. Not just for me, I just mean if you're just talking about Fowler and it's one incident and one crazy moment, and now we can't get a job because of that. I think it's it's silly, you know. A lot of players probably won't get jobs through that then, but no, I'm you know I'm happy learning my trade, understanding football more. But for sure, I want to progress and and one day being on the touchline for sure, yeah.
2: Well, Ashley, listen, thank you so much for spending the time. We really appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure, Ashley. Looking forward to seeing you back in Dubai. That was great. Thank you so much, Ash. That
0: was great.